0: So, this is the self development with tactics book. So, this one's gonna be again about cognitive behavioral therapy, and it is also going to be, I guess at least, the last episode featuring this particular article and also. Um, Maybe not this particular topic, you know, I might be going through something uh, cognitive behavioral therapy related in the future as well, just because it is valuable, at my point of view at least. But yeah, you know, let's see you after the intro. As always, as every single day, I'm just seeing if I'm a little bit too silent and I do wonder why it is maybe the case, but everything should be fine actually, you know. Everything should be fine. Maybe I'm even way too loud just the other 300 times. It could also be the case. But yeah, with this being said, hello, welcome back to the next episode of the Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And I'm really pumped. I'm really pumped to be here. I'm really pumped to record this episode. You know, I've actually didn't record an episode yesterday. So an additional one so that I'm able to record something today because uh, this is something that I'm willing to do every single day. You know, I'm not really willing to kind of... Yeah, I'm not really willing to kind of not record on one day, you know, just because it is something that I like to do. But this shouldn't be uh, the topic of the video. But before I actually go ahead with this amazing article from the simplypsychology.org, I guess, website... Um, I just have to point out that this particular episode is also available as an audio-only version, which means that you can just listen to it, which means that it is a way more effective way for you to go into the description and check out the podcast link where you can then just listen to this video, basically which is way more efficient because you can do something simultaneously. Of course, you, know, you could also be doing something, something simultaneously when you're watching this video, but it is something different if you're actually listening to it. You, know, you could be jogging, you, know, you could be riding your horse, actually, if you're horse riding. You could be doing so many things. You know, and at my point of view, at least, it is a way, way, way more efficient way, not only for your time, but also for your mobile data, to consume this particular episode, you know, because the video is going to be way bigger than the audio is, Normally, the audio is something like 70 megabyte or something. And the video is going to be, if you download it, you know, because YouTube is actually kind of compressing it a little bit. My raw data is somehow 4 gigabyte, 3 gigabyte, 2 gigabyte, something in that space or in that area. And uh, if I'm then downloading the video again from YouTube, then it's going to be like, I don't know, 400 megabyte or something. So they actually significantly compress the data that I'm uploading which is actually pretty fine for all those people um, that are watching YouTube on their mobile fi- phone or on their mobile data <coughs> but yeah um, <coughs> what we're going through today is actually uh, the three I don't want to say pillars but three concepts maybe the three concepts of BEX strategy what is this now abnormal psychology no this is not what I want to go through Um, but we are going through uh, so the last time we went through Albert Ellis and his REBT which is Rational Emotive Behavioral Therapy or Behavior Therapy and um, now we're going through I do just not remember what it is called Aaron Beck and Cognitive Therapy and at the end there's also going to be a comparison between those two things so they then just kind of evaluate what's the better one, what is used for what and what should be used for what. And it's going to be pretty interesting, you know, and therefore we're going to start with the cognitive triad, because as we have learned yesterday, the cognitive triad, uh, negative self schemes or schemes, and the last one is errors and logic, which are uh, faulty information processing are the three kind of pillars or main content of Aaron Beck's cognitive therapy. Therefore, uh, the cognitive triad. The cognitive triad are three forms of negative. For, so, for example, helpless and critical thinking that are typical of individuals with depression. Namely, negative thoughts about the self, the world and the future. So, the three, because it's triads, the three, again, pillars or contents of the cognitive triad is, first of all, negative, the negative view of oneself, then the negative view of the future and the negative view of the world those three things these thoughts tended to be automatic and depressed people as they occurred spontaneously something to point out now and I do not know if they are going to talk about it later on or if it's if it is something that's coming up pretty soon but um, Aaron Becks um, Aaron Beck's cognitive therapy is um, heavily related to or it should be used for depressed people and or it somehow describes depressed people. It is not really for people that are not depressed, I guess, but uh, they're going to talk about it in the article as well. So I don't remember that much. You know, I've actually read the article to just somehow ensure that my, you know, my reading is a little bit better and also um, to kind of gather some thoughts that I just then have and that I can talk about then. But definitely, you know, negative self-talk or the negative view of the self which is basically negative self-talk in some way than the negative view of the future which means for me at least being pessimistic and not really being optimistic and the third thing is having um, or seeing your surroundings as something negative and there is going to be some examples as well right there actually I know as these three component components I'm sorry components interact they interfere with normal cognitive processing, leading to impairments in perception, memory and problem solving with the person becoming obsessed with negative thoughts. I'm sorry. But it would bother me. So, And there's now a little bit of a, yeah, it's a picture or some sort of an infographic, it's well, it's a picture, you know, if you're having negative self-talk or if you're just viewing yourself as something negative, some sort of, then an example would, f- for example, be I'm ugly or I'm worthless or I'm a failure. If you're seeing the world as something negative, then, or if you're just having a negative view of the world, then it might be no one loves me. And for the future, it might be I'm hopeless because, th- because things will always be this way. And I do just have to say that these things that they're talking about, there, those examples especially, those are really, really correlate correlated to um, cognitive distortions. And cognitive, cognitive distortions is something that we're going to talk about later. So it is also in this article. But everything he's talking about, so everything in the Aaron Beck's cognitive therapy methods and whatnot, they're really correlated to each other. And it's something really interesting to see, you know, because... Um, maybe you've seen one of those concepts before, you know, but somehow extracted from all the others. And now it is pretty interesting to see that there is kind of a big picture or of some kind of a bigger picture. And the next thing is, so this is actually it with the uh, triad. And something that I've seen, especially with this scheme, you know, there is a scheme where you're having negative. So I'm going to explain it for the podcast listeners because they can't see it, obviously. Um, On the very top, you're having negative view of the self. Then on the right-hand side, you're having negative view of the future. And then on the left-hand side, you're having negative view of the world. So it's like a triad. You You could also look it up. The link uh, to this particular article is down in the show notes and also in the description if you're on YouTube. So you could also look it up. It's somehow in, I would say, in the middle. Yeah, It's basically in the middle of the whole article so that you're able to find it a little bit quicker. But something that i just been thinking about then while I was reading it actually in the train, I thought like, is it the case that um, it is like negative view of oneself leads to the negative view of the future, which then leads to the negative view of the world and then again leads to a negative view of the self. So everything in the end, you know, just as I'm having a look at this kind of... Uh, way they present it, it somehow seems to be the case that everything is correlated and or everything can lead can lead to one and another, which is really fucked up in the end, you know, which is really, really fucked up in the end. Because I don't know, like, let's say you're having just a negative view of oneself or of yourself, which is something that might be more common than. But yeah, you know, the thing is, if somebody is actually thinking about oneself in a negative way, does that also mean that he or she is going to be relatively pessimistic, which means then having a negative view of the future. Is this something that is correlated? Is this something that will happen? So it's, it's definitely going to happen. But is this something that you can say is the case? This would be interesting. You know, this now would be uh, quite interesting, at least for me. Like, I don't know how you're feeling about it, <laughs> but it is something interesting for me. So negative self schemes or schemes. I never know how to pronounce it, actually. Beck believed that depression-prone individuals develop a negative self-scheme. They possess a set of beliefs and expectations about themselves that are essentially negative and pessimistic. Beck claimed that negative schemes may have acquired in childhood as a result of traumatic events. Experiences that might contribute to negative schemes include death of a parent or sibling, parental rejection, criticism, overprotection, neglect or even abuse, bullying at school or exclusion from peer group. People with negative self-schemes become prone to making logical errors in their thinking and they tend to focus selectively on certain aspects of a situation while ignoring equally relevant information. Which is actually something that we are now going through and part of one cognitive distortion. Which is really interesting, which again somehow points out or emphasizes the fact that all those things are somehow related or correlated, whatever. Really interesting, really interesting, but I I gotta have to say, like, I don't know, I don't know, but uh, death of a parent or sibling being rejected or criticism or overprotection, those things, and also bullying, those things are really often going to be the case, you know, it's often going to happen to some children. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately even, because I don't know. Like, of course, you can then just, uh, yeah, have depression, which is something that's really fucked up. You know if your mind's telling you some shit, which is not true, this is really fucked. <coughs> because this is also then gonna just change your reality, basically. You know, this is going to change how you perceive the world and how you're gonna see the world, which is really fucked up, because you can't You can do something against it. And they have also shown that, Cognitive behavioral therapy is good in uh, just 80% of the time, I guess, if I remember that correctly. But it's still fucked up. Like, it's still really shitty, you know, to have depression. Because treating something treating something that's physical is, at my point of view, way easier than treating something... Unless it's something like cancer. Like, ah, hmm, it's difficult. It's difficult. It might be actually the same level. Like... Curing something that's physical and curing something that's mental. I, well, I guess, yeah, I guess it's actually on the same level. and uh, But I still think that if you're having some mental issues, then, uh, I don't know, I somehow believe that if you're having some mental issues, it's going to be harder than just, I don't know, breaking your arm. Breaking your arm is, of course, just going to be shit, but you actually do not have to do anything, you know, to just let it cure. You actually just have to hold it steady and you shouldn't just move it and whatnot and you shouldn't kind of I don't know hurt yourself again at this particular just area again and and whatnot so you know what I mean the thing is some mental shit is really kind of difficult to cope with you know especially also because it's such a thing in our society that if you're having some mental problems that you're just again a piece of shit again you know because people think like okay you know you're having mental issues that's really bad it's uh, just people see it uh, in a bad way or they have a bad view on these things in society, which is something that's really fucked up and this is something that people should be talking about because everyone has mental issues on some, in some point of their life. I guess at least. Of course, some people will never have that, you know, and I shouldn't also generalize that, but most people are going to have some uh, issues with mental things, you know, because somebody died, because of one of your parents died, one of your siblings died. Those things, they actually hit us. And it is what it is. It hits us as uh, a car hits us. Some sort of, only in a negative way. And uh, not negative way, but in a mental way, but definitely negative way. And, and so it is definitely something that we should talk about way more in society, you know, and in culture and, and whatnot. So, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to this changing, you know, because this is something that definitely has to change. And uh, I think it is actually on a pretty good way, to be honest, you know. I guess it has been way severe You know, if you you had some mental issues, like a hundred years ago, you know, I guess then, you know, everyone thought that you're a dumb motherfucker and whatnot, and they actually hurt you then physically. Like, one of my teachers actually told us a story in school, I think it was actually, was it last Friday or last Monday? Something like that. Like, it was last week, essentially. (laughs) And uh, she said that um, if people had mental issues, i there was something specific, but I don't remember it. And then they actually used to just have a metal, I don't know what it's called. Like, it's something like a, let's say it's a metal, metal stick. Like, metal, the material, and it's a stick. And they used to actually shop that into your fucking nose, into your brain, and then just twirl it around, you know. They actually then basically destroyed your fucking brain, which in the end resulted into even being just then actually being dumb and then actually having some re- mental issues th- through physical, so through physical just uh, kind of, I don't know, of course it's not going to be good if you kind of hurt your brain and or if you're going to just mess up your brain completely. It's not going to be good. It's really not going to be good. And this is something that they did and it's something that's really fucked up because they thought, well, it is something that works. And the funny part about it, Is which uh, she also pointed out is that uh, this was a practice that was done by actually relatively intelligent or actually highly intelligent doctors. And they thought it is just working, you know, because they believed this is the only way to cure some mental fucking illnesses. But it's not. Nowadays, obviously, which is something that's pretty nice that we actually know way more about mental things nowadays than we knew just, I don't know, maybe 50 years ago. You know, maybe even 20 years ago. But yeah, the next one is cognitive distortions. I've been talking about them and also thinking about them for quite a time right now, you know, because I've actually reviewed them the first time, like, I don't know, half a year ago it must have been. But yeah, you know they're still pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. So back in 1967, it identifies a number of illogical thinking processes which are distortions of thought processes, these illogical thought patterns are self-defeating and can cause great anxiety or depression for the individual. The first one is the arbitrary interference. Yeah. (laughs) Drawing conclusions on a basis of sufficient or irrelevant evidence, for example, thinking you are worthless because on an open-air concert you were going to see has been rained off. Uh, which is something that might sound a little bit strange for you, but it's definitely there there are definitely cases where this was the case actually. The second one is selective abstraction, focusing on a single aspect of a situation and ignoring others, for example, you feel responsible for your team losing a football match, even though you're just one of the players on the field. The problem with this and the problem with me talking about this is that some people might then think like okay you know i shouldn't actually kind of be responsible for anything that is happening to me but the but the reality is that you should definitely be responsible for quite a lot of things you know if you're unhappy it is your responsibility if you fucked up a test it is your responsibility if you've hurt somebody else it is your responsibility um i would even say that actually being responsible for some things that you shouldn't be responsible for if you're thinking in this kind of way is also not even that bad, you know, because if you are responsible, you're putting into you're putting yourself into a state where you are able to change something, you know, because if you're actually blaming somebody else, you have to you have to actually wait until this person is changing something, until you can feel better again, or you can just be happy again, or you can just move on again. All those things, you know. But if you say like, okay, I'm gonna blame myself, I am gonna be responsible for just what happened and whatnot then it is only on you, you know, you can change the whole situation then, and you can then change by yourself how you're feeling, how you're moving on, all those things, you know, all those things, and all these ways you might be depending on this other person, if you're blaming this other person, yeah, I've actually said that now in a nice way, maybe I'm gonna clip, maybe I'm gonna clip that, maybe, I don't know, the next one is magnification, Exaggerating the importance of undesirable events. For example, if you scrape a bit of paintwork on your car and therefore see yourself as a totally awful driver. Minimization. It's actually minimization or minimization. Underplaying the significance of an event. For example, you get praised by your teachers for an excellent, ter- for an excellent terms work, but you see this as a trivial Uh, Overgeneralization. Drawing a broad negative conclusion on the basis of a single significant event. For example, you get a D for an exam when you normally get straight A's and you therefore think you're stupid. Personalization. Attribute the negative feelings of others to yourself. For example, your teacher looks really cross when he comes into the room, so he must be cross with you. Which is total bullshit. (laughs) But it actually is the case that some people think that way. And you might, you might even be thinking in that way sometimes as well. You know, which is not that bad if it's only sometimes. Of course you can change that. And one of the ways to change it is actually knowing it. Which is a pretty cool thing. And which is also one of the reasons why I'm talking about these things. Because I have seen that once you understand something. And once you know something. Then this is actually the first step to changing it. And this is the first step to curing yourself and helping yourself and whatnot. The next one is critical evaluation. Butler and Beck in 2000 reviewed 14 meta-analyses investigating the effectiveness of Beck's cognitive therapy and concluded that about 80% of adults benefited from the therapy. It was also found that the therapy was more successful than drug therapy and had a lower relapse rate supporting the proportion uh, proposition. I'm sorry that depression has a cognitive bias. This suggests that knowledge of the cognitive explanation can improve the quality of people's lives, which is actually what I just said, isn't it? So this suggests that the that knowledge of the cognitive explanation, explanation, yeah, can improve the quality of people's lives. And now we're actually going through the difference between REBT, which is the uh rational emotional behavioral therapy i don't fucking know i've already forgot about it (laughs) let's see (laughs) rational emotive behavioral therapy or behavior therapy well it wasn't even that bad what i said you know it wasn't even that bad even though i just read about it like a minute ago i've already lost it but yeah the differences albert ellis uh, which is actually kind of the founder or the scientist, which was correlated or is correlated with REBT, views the therapist views the therapist as a teacher and does not think that a warm personal relationship with a client is essential. In contrast, Beck stresses the quality of the therapeutic or therapeutic relationship. So Beck thinks that you actually should have a warm and maybe even personal relationship with your clients. REBT is often highly directive, persuasive, and confrontive. Back places more emphasis on the client discovering misconceptions for themselves, which is actually also something that I believe in. I believe that the client should see it themselves because if you tell them, the thing is, you could also tell them and through you telling them, they just see it themselves. You know, this is also a way it could be working. But the thing is, and the problem that I'm having with actually kind of pursuing them you know and or being persuasive is that um, that I believe you know that's intrinsic motivation is actually kind of the purest and best form of motivation there is because if you truly yourself want to change something then you're also probably going to change it but if somebody else tells you okay you should be changing that and you actually do not want to change it then you also are not going to change it maybe this is also one of the problems Uh, people might be having with other people that are overweight actually and people are telling them okay you have to change you know because it is really unhealthy because you're gonna die when you're 30 years old and all those things but if this person if this overweight person isn't willing to change him or herself then you can talk whatever you want basically unless you're actually able to um, create some intrinsic change in this person through your extrinsic sayings or work which means that if you're saying them or if you're telling them okay you're gonna die when you're 30 that this changes something in them internally which then leads to the change but nothing in extrinsic is going to kind of change something at least this is what I've seen and read and whatnot but yeah the the last point is REBT uses different methods depending on the personality of the client in Beck's cognitive therapy the method is based upon the particular disorder which both sounds actually pretty good um because the personality of the client definitely matters but the disorder well, well the thing is hmm i think it should actually be some kind of an ah uh, i would actually go for the personality thing because uh, particular disorders might be treated the same way But it doesn't mean that it's going to be as effective for one person as it is for another person. You know, just because we are all different and we are all individuals and we all uh, work differently. Strengths of CBT, which is now Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. The first point or whatever. Model has great appeal because it focuses on human thought. Human cognitive abilities has been responsible for our many accomplishments to so may also be responsible for our problems. It is definitely, I think. Cognitive theories lend themselves to testing when experimental subjects are uh, manipulated into adopting unpleasant assumptions or thought, they became more anxious and depressed. The third one is, (laughs) many people with psychological disorders, particularly depressive, anxiety and sexual disorders, have been found to display maladative assumptions and thoughts. What does maladative mean? Not adjusting adequately or uh, appropriately to the environment or situation. Maladaptive coping strategies such as increasing consumption of alcohol. And the fourth one is, which is also the last one, cognitive therapy has been very effective for treating depression, as Holland and back in 1994 says, I think it's, it might be a study or paper, and moderately effective for anxiety problems back in 1993. The limitations of CBT. Uh, the first one is the precise role of cognitive processes is yet to be determined. It is not clear whether faulty cognitions are a cause of the uh, psychopathology or a consequence of it. I'm going to read it again, you know, since it, I haven't read it that nice. The uh, precise role of cognitive proce- processes is yet to be determined. It is not clear whether faulty cognitions are a cause of the psy- uh, psychopathology. ...or a consequence of it. Uh, Levinson in 1981 studied a group of participants before any of them became depressed... ...and found that those who later became depressed were no more likely to have negative thoughts... ...than those who did not develop depression. This suggests that hopeless and negative thinking may be the result of depression rather than the cause of it. The second thing is, uh, the cognitive model is narrow in scope. Thinking is just one part of human functioning. Broader issues need to be addressed. And the third and last one, ethical issues, RET is a directive therapy aimed at changing cognitions, sometimes quite forcefully, for some this may be considered an unethical approach. But I guess if it helps, well, okay, I think this is actually not a good argument. (laughs) I think this is actually a pretty bad argument, to be honest. Like, if it helps, you know, let's do it. If it helps, it's actually a really fucking bad argument argument I'm very sorry or fucking bad point I'm sorry (laughs) Uh, should we actually go through Nah, I think this is actually going to be the end of the episode you know since we've actually managed to go through this one fully and without actually stressing that much which is also something that I'm having an eye on you know that I'm going through everything like a little bit on ease you know not stressing through the whole thing and trying to manage going through the whole thing in one run and whatnot. And um, it's not gonna make the episode particularly good, you know. It's it's even gonna make it a little bit worse since I'm I'm just reading stressed out, I'm talking stressed out, and this then might be leading to not being uh, as accurate and or as understandable in terms of a uh, purely, uh, purely the audio. You know, if you're listening to it and I'm just speaking like something, and you can't understand me, then it, everything is fucked, you know. Even though I was able to go through the whole article in one episode, still, if you're not able to hear me, it's fucked. But yeah. Um, so therefore, this is going to be the end of the episode. I really have to thank you for going through this with me. It's been a pleasure. It's been a really great time. And it's been a really, really great article as well. And I'm really happy happy that I, uh, that I actually haven't forgotten about it. Because I actually should have uh, done this yesterday. But yesterday, I have somehow forgotten about it because of some reasons, I don't fucking know, I guess at least, I think, yeah, but yeah, um, I wish you the best health of happiness and also success, and I also hope that you're going to remind yourself on you're going to be remembered, which basically means your legacy, because we can totally change it, which means by, for example, being a nice person, then also being remembered as a nice person, which might be the case, but might also not be the case, because 7.7 billion people on this fucking planet won't love you, you know, there's going to be one or two or three or five or six or maybe even 100 people that just dislike you by nature, Or even hate you. Three other questions that I hope that you're going to ask yourself are. Why are you here? What are you trying to change? And what is bothering you the most? Since especially the last one might lead you to uh, finding a business idea. But all of them three should really show you your purpose in life. Which is something that's particularly important. You know. As uh, Viktor Frankl for example said in his book. Or through his book actually. Man's search for meaning. But yeah. um, I wish you the best. Please subscribe to the podcast and please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you've liked it. And if you do not want to miss out on any good information, I'm going to see you the next time. I at least hope. So therefore, just stay subscribed, you know, then I'm going to see you the next time as well. Bye.